the most memorable profile was, um, you seen the movie Annie Hall? The guy had a screenshot from Annie Hall where they're waiting in line for the movie and Marshall McLuhan, the famous critic, shows up and starts, uh, like, talking to them and defending Woody Allen's point. Anyway, it's a screenshot of this scene. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy is my soulmate. I love Annie Hall. Like, we're going to – and I mean that. And then I made a joke about Marshall McLuhan, which is, like, the whole point of the scene. It seemed like the whole point, and he didn't know what I was talking about. The guy put a fucking screenshot of Annie Hall in his profile, and he had never seen Annie Hall. And I was to this day, I consider that was the biggest betrayal of my online dating life. I've done my part in filling out my profiles, either in depth or um, very generic on Tinder or whatever. But I still get matched with the same group of people in every single app. So. It kind of leads me to believe, like, how important is filling out all of these questions if I'm still seeing the same dudes over and over on all of the apps? I mean, I think my profile is pretty simple, like, on those. Like, we're all talk about, like, like, I run races. Like, I run, you know, 5Ks, half marathons, marathons. Um, I like going to movies, traveling, cooking. I'm a foodie. I like to go to different restaurants. So, I mean, that's pretty much what's in my profile. You know, for example, in my account, I'm very, very upfront that I want something superficial. I work probably 50, 60, 70 hours a week, and I am old school in the sense that, you know, I like to pick you up, go out on a date, um, you know, we'll go to dinner, we'll go for drinks, the whole nine yards, but it's just going to be once a week or, you know, every other week or it's whenever I'm free. I work a very demanding job, and I don't have a set schedule. One, I read how old they are. Just like, I can't hear anybody younger than me. It's weird. I think they're children. <laughs> so, like, even if it's 26, I'm like, mm, nah. And I know I can set the, the, the whatever it is, but sometimes it's just, like, interesting to see. I look for funny bios. Like, it could be something very in-depth. It could be something really cheesy. If it's, if it, like, if it's a smile on my face, I'm going to swipe right because it's funny. So, you've listened to our last episode, and you're on dating apps or you've been doing it for years and you're still on dating apps (laughs) and the problem is probably your profile this is how people see you with limited information couple pictures couple words they're supposed to paint a picture of who you are as a person and say either yes i want to meet you in person or no I'm not interested at all. How can we help people here? The thing about the profile is that there is some futility to it. I'll start with that, and then I'll go into a more positive direction. First, I'll say that whatever you put out there, somebody is going to create an idea of you. They're going to create a whole life, a whole person, and maybe when you meet them, they're going to be pretty fucking disappointed. But that's okay. And you're fighting against biology here. Like, this isn't something that is exclusive to the internet age. Like, as human beings, we are programmed to take little bits of information, piece them together, and make a story out of it. It's not like things are going to change as, as time goes on. Like, people are just going to fill in those gaps and paint that picture of you. Absolutely. And... So there's nothing wrong with it, but keeping that in mind, we do want to create an honest profile. So what's the first thing you notice about a profile? 
The picture. That's right. The picture. That is obviously a visual representation of you. It should first and foremost be recent and clear, not blurry. You want to have, I've heard many people say this, is that they really want to see a full body photo. You don't have to be in a swimsuit or a bikini or in a speedo, but something where they get an idea of what you look like. Because there's a lot of lifestyle decisions that that represents, right? And that's important to people. It's an aesthetic, so that's even more important, arguably. And Um, the first picture that that people see is is the most important one absolutely so that one has to like draw people in so if you if you're not somebody that's terribly photogenic make that first picture the one that you just had great lighting your makeup was just right yeah use the photo that everyone says is a great photo of you if your loved ones see that as a good representation of you then why not use it oh my god and ask your friends like get feedback on pictures you're posting because these people see you all the time and they can tell you yes this is you or no let's (laughs) use this one Lighting is um, is very important. It can make you look like a completely different person. Have you have you ever seen that Seinfeld episode where the woman's in the back of the car and in in the shadow she looks like someone else in the light she looks like yep. you know she looks wonderful. It's kind of like that, but far less dramatic. The important part is that you want to be representing yourself. You want to be honest both with yourself and with the person that you're swiping on because nobody wants to waste their time. And keep in mind, like there's another person at the other end of this transaction. So if you see yourself as a badass or you see yourself as like stone cold, that may not be what people want to see the first time they see you. So little side note, I I swiped through on a, a woman's Tinder app one day and just seeing the difference between guys who don't smile and have the serious face versus guys that smile and are welcoming There's something to be said there. Smiling brings people in and invites them into a conversation. The stone cold look, the duck lips, the overhead selfie looking down and all serious. Oh God. It paints a picture. It sure does. It doesn't welcome you. It's not a good picture. As a woman, if a man is not smiling, if he looks very serious, you feel a little bit unsafe. Right? It's not a person who who seems nice. It's not a person who seems like they're gonna enjoy their time with you or anybody else. It's it's just a little scary um, in a way that like I can't really describe beyond that, but I think every woman would agree with me that if you don't smile, you kinda look like a creeper serial killer. You're projecting the image that you could protect somebody in a back alley, but you could also be the guy that <laughs> you need protecting from in that back alley. <laughs> <laughs> It's real hard to discern from that first picture. Yes. So Women kind of get away with it. Women can be a little more serious. Like like I said, the duck face thing. It's kind of a joke now because everyone does it. And it pulls your cheeks in tighter and makes you look a little bit thinner. But the same thing. It's a, a, a picture of you smiling or doing something fun or laughing with your friends is far more inviting. I agree. I think something that is in a more natural setting... Uh, is always going to be a better representation of you. And, you know, we are in the age of duck faces and Snapchat filters and Kardashians and Spanx. And so we think that no one can see anything if we don't want them to see it. Nobody likes your Snapchat filters. No. There is nobody that's like, oh, look at that cute cat face. Or, Mm -hmm. oh, look at those cartoon eyes. Nope. It's not cute to be an animal. And it looks fake. 
Yeah. Remember, you're just meeting these people that, you, that are swiping on you. You've already lied to them. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. You've already lied You've to already them. You've already lied to them. Yeah. <laughs> so this is like a whole like, subset of online dating profiles. It's just dudes like crouched next to a sleepy tiger. It's so weird. Can we have no more pictures of men making out with their dogs? If I see another picture of a man with his dog licking him, unmatch. Unmatch. Yeah, this thing makes sense to me because you're like portraying a skill that could be useful to me someday. Like I could I can envision a future with you where I need food and you need to fish it out of the sea or whatever. There's a lot of photos with like sedated animals and like <laughs> fish and you know I understand that these are kind of activity photos but things get old and they get tired and so we get tired of them and then we don't find them as attractive or interesting anymore. So I would say as a general rule don't do something just because other people are doing it. Put the best representation of your true self out there. Maybe you do like to hang out next to sedated tigers and fish, but you'll probably be the only person who can follow through on that in a at a later date. And that's okay. That's cool if if you're the only one. Just because like somebody else is having better success because they posted pictures of them doing these crazy things, like the skydiving pictures are huge. The Sitting on a boat with a huge fish is huge. Mm. The gym selfies. Oh, the gym selfies. The bathroom selfies of guys with their shirts up. Yeah, it's attractive if that's the only picture you're looking at. People are swiping through hundreds of different pictures. And if all of them are the same, what makes you special? Yeah, when I first started, I was determined to like do no um, shirtless pictures and you know all that stuff because you just don't want to be that guy you don't get any reactions then you have to throw in like the one picture we don't have your shirt on and then you get all the the right swipes they're going to be talking about how much protein powder shakes they drink and like how many calories they eat a day and that's all your conversation is going to be do you know what really kind of bothers me about the gym selfie? What is bothers that you? Every gym I've been to has a sign, a very large, clear sign that says no phones allowed in the public spaces or in the locker rooms. And so when I see someone taking a gym selfie and there's all these other folks in the background, they haven't bothered to blur anyone out. They didn't wait until no one else was around. They didn't go into a separate studio to take their little bicep photo. I think this is a person who's pretty disrespectful of others and they're not polite. I'm not really one for necessarily following every rule, but there are some rules that mean more than others. And I think that's one of them. The gym is a really vulnerable place. And if someone was taking a selfie near me, I'd be really pissed. So I actually find that to be very telling of a person's personality and their values. And that kind of thing matters to me. So I would say there's much more in your gym selfie than you think. I wasn't expecting to learn anything this early in the episode, but like <laughs> mind blown. I didn't even thought about that, but you're absolutely right. You know, you, you post pictures of yourself to show things that you're interested in or to try and project a certain personality. Sometimes you can't control it. Sometimes it's completely irrational. Sometimes people see things in your picture that you weren't even considering. This is where having friends look at your profile pictures comes into play. There are certain qualities that we look for in people. Mm-hmm. 
Smiling is a huge one. Absolutely. Um, just because it, there, there's something about opening up your face and opening up yourself to somebody else to say, here I am, come and meet me. No different than actually being in a bar. Yeah, but it's also an emotional expression. So you presume that somebody can express themselves emotionally, that they'll have some range of affect, right? Um, that they won't be completely monotone or deadpan or boring. But you also think, wow, this person looks happy. So you think this might be a happy person. Because that's also what you're looking for, right? Whether it be you're looking for a date that just could lead somewhere or you're looking for someone that's like, no, I want to grow old with this person and die with them. You want that time that you spend with them to be joyful. You want them to give you a good experience. And you know, hopefully you're willing to provide that too. You are looking for all of these things in a partner, and we'll talk about this in detail later on, but just in terms of a profile, you advertise that you're looking for all of these things, but keep in mind that everyone's kind of looking for the same thing. And if you can't deliver, you probably shouldn't ask, right? So the idea is that if you are looking for something, that maybe take a look inwards and decide whether or not you're asking too much of somebody. They can make it hard for people to say what they want because it, it is very vulnerable to say, I'm looking for a serious relationship. That's a pretty loaded statement. I, I think it's ridiculous, frankly, that especially you know, when you're 30 to 40, what do you want to be pretty straightforward? But it's not. But another thing that I wanted to bring up is the bio. Mm, this is where you can words. let your literature flag fly <laughs> or your illiteracy, right. which also paints a picture. I would say, I mean, there's a lot of people that, that harp on grammar police. That I'm one of them. Grammar is huge. <laughs> huge. Yeah. The fact that you spelled loose wrong on your profile or don't know the different theirs or twos, all that stuff. Yeah. It may have been a typo when you typed it. You've got 400 characters. You've reread your profile tons of times to try and figure out why you're not getting more swipes. Fix that. <laughs> Again, ask a friend. Like, Phone get a friend. A, get a, get yeah. a swiping partner. Like something. Because people look at that and they judge you hard for it. I certainly do. I think grammar is a really important representation of not only your education level, if that's something that matters to you, but also how invested you are in the dating app and dating in general. If you have a run-on sentence that should be five sentences, that tells me that you didn't care enough to punctuate. You didn't care enough to really think about what you're putting out there and maybe you don't really care about who's on the other side of that swipe. So it just seems lazy and it's just not very attractive. So I think grammar is probably at the top of my list of things that matter. I would say I have an empty profile over having a poorly written one. Ooh, let's talk about the empty profile. What does the empty profile uh, say to you? The empty profile says to me, as a woman, as a straight woman swiping on men, usually it just says, I want sex. That's what I've noticed, I think. That's the pattern that I've noticed the most. And I usually find that the most on Tinder. It does happen on Bumble occasionally. Uh, you will see just a guy with a bunch of photos and no bio. I generally swipe left 
on those guys because I think everyone's playing ball. Get with it, right? If you're the only one who doesn't have a bio, you're not special. You're actually less special because the bar has now been raised. You're not answering any lifestyle questions. You're not telling me if you're a smoker or how much you drink or if you have children or if you're married, I don't know. It's kind of going against the grain in a bad way. I'm all for rebellion, but when things are headed in the direction of honesty, rebellion is not a good idea. People might Snapchat everything they do or they might Instagram everything they do. It's kind of all shown through a filter. They're choosing to post an image and they might actually be exactly what they post online. But I think for a lot of people, they'll have a bit further to go. Um, you know, there's more to them than you know, simply the, the sum of their internet posts. I've actually seen quite a few celebrity photos on Bumble. It's weird. I don't understand what this is. They'll post one photo, no bio, and it's like a, you know, a small time celebrity. But of course, I will have seen that show. And, uh, and, and I'll say, you know, I'll think, wow, this is not a person. And of course, I swipe left. But then I think about all the women who are swiping right, thinking, wow, he's so cute. I, I can't say on like the, the other side of things that there's a lot of celebrity pictures, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of really attractive women who end up being bots, a lot of whom have Russian names. Oh. A lot of whom, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's just a glitch in the software or if there's some way to like trick it into doing this where it's like they'll be four miles away and then they match and all of a sudden they're 5,000 miles away. Oh. I, I can't imagine there's people like going back and forth to and from the States just to like get Tinder followers. No. But these people tend to then either just want Instagram followers or they will eventually like ask you for money. And the bot thing, it's pretty, I mean, we'll get into this a little bit more in the actual like texting episode. The bot thing is pretty easy to, to detect once you get into it. What I hate the most, I just want to find my Pam. That is the most annoying thing that I like constantly read because who wants to be Pam and who wants to be in a mediocre relationship in the middle of nowhere and like have this horrible life in an office. Fuck that. <laughs> Is there something that you've noticed uh, that kind of irks you? Uh, it's sort of the generic nature of profiles where it's like looking for adventure, looking for a partner in crime, <laughs> not here for hookups, not looking for friends with benefits. All these things where it's like, all right, I get it. Like, you've put out all the things that you don't want. What are you looking for? Who are you as a person that makes you different from everybody else that's out there? And every now and then, like, there's something cute and witty that you see, and then 10 other people after that have the same thing. Or it's a quote from a show or the fucking office. Like, why are <laughs> women so obsessed with the office right now? Oh, it's not just women. Oh, I my God. you. I've never understood the appeal of The Office, and certainly in a romantic context, it super doesn't make sense, um, because that was a weird kind of relationship, and it wasn't really that happy. No. So I don't know what kind of goals people are setting for themselves. <laughs> I think it's just like, hey, I watch a show. I would also <laughs> like if you watch a show. 
like the, the the bar that we've set for each other is so low i think and you know i know i keep going back to it but i find that you know everybody has something in common with somebody else right whether it's going to the gym or netflix or exploring whatever city you live in trying new things everybody likes that kind of stuff for the most part and it's okay to say those things, but you have to throw in stuff that is unique to you as well, right? Um, what do you What do you really like to do in in your free time? Um, is that video games? Is that writing? Is that music? Do you go to shows a lot? Um, do you Do you cook? What What do you cook? Right. So, I think um, we just want to be accepted so much that sometimes we fail to appreciate what's unique about ourselves. I'm always really attracted to um, profiles that are not necessarily new and different, but I can tell that everything kind of matches up. The pictures match up with whatever bio this person has. You know, it's non-threatening overall. I think I could meet this person in public and I would be okay. They're smiling. You know, everything is kind of just 60% and above in terms of acceptability, right? Everything is kind of okay plus. And that's fine. You don't have to be, you know, scuba diving and, you know, at the top of the Eiffel Tower or climbing Mount Everest or whatever it is. You don't have to be doing all these very unbelievable things to be special. You can just be like, I make the best chicken. I don't know, whatever it is, right? Speak to your strengths and and somebody, the, not just somebody, but, but the right person will respond to that. If uh, all of your profile pictures are of you at a bar or in a group, I probably don't want to hang out with you. If all of your pictures are of like, you know, that big fish that you caught or like a hunting trip, probably don't want to hang out with you. You know, if you sprinkle in like different places you've been around the world, I'm usually into that because that's something I look forward to is going on vacation and seeing the world. I already know that he's game for traveling have to find this nice balance I think of witty and you know cute versus real if you are witty and cute like I mean the the problem with posting something like the picture of yourself on Mount Everest or skydiving or swimming with the dolphins is that that was one thing that happened to you that's not who I'm dating I'm not taking out the girl that kissed a dolphin right I might want to hear that story but that's five minutes and just once. And just once. <laughs> the other end of that spectrum is listing out every single thing that you're interested in doing, which is also detrimental because what are you looking for there? Right. So I uh, I was reading a little bit about this and I came across the 70-30 theory. So your profile should be 70% of who you are and 30% of what you're looking for. And this is supposed to be a decent balance of not asking too much of somebody, but also putting out enough of yourself where someone feels uh, comfortable enough to move forward with you. So instead of focusing solely on what your partner should have to be acceptable to you, that should really only be 30% of your, of your profile. 
So how would you describe yourself using the 70-30? I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> um, I would say, uh, you know, I'm a priorities kind of girl. So I always go with the hierarchy. I will always say, first and foremost, I am an academic who is probably going to be married to her job for the rest of her life. Um, I am looking for... Uh, a meaningful connection, both emotionally and physically, um, with someone who has a lot of self-awareness and insight, uh, someone who respects others and themselves, who has a very strong value system, right? And here I am going right into what I want. Totally. Right? But this is what we do. And this is a perfect example. Mm -hmm. I'll start with like, oh, this is a life, you know, I'm a lifelong academic. And that might be 70% of my life. And it is, right? Um, But it's so easy to slip into what we expect of other people. Well, and part of that too is because like, we're so not good at selling ourselves. We're not. We're not good at talking ourselves up. And because there's something almost selfish about that, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, you narcissist. I think it would be really great if apps were to prompt us to talk more about our real life selves. You notice how in that very brief kind of description, all I said about myself was that I work really hard, which is a point of pride. But I'm not talking about the fact that my famous couscous is quite famous. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't talk about a lot of things that are probably strengths. Maybe we're just so focused on trying to find something outside of ourselves that makes us feel a certain way rather than looking inwards uh, and focusing on ourselves. And I think there's something in our, you know, either generationally or just like where we are as humanity right now where it's like everyone's always trying to do better. And so the things that you have that you're really good at, like cooking amazing couscous, aren't valued as much as you know, advanced degrees or going on these crazy trips. It's like, we're always trying to one up ourselves to impress somebody. And I think that's, it's tough to like be real with yourself and just be like, I have a great family that has passed down recipes from generation, or I have this Christmas tradition that we do every year. Um, I have a morning routine. I make the bed every day. Things like that say so much more about you than you posing with the picture of a fish. Absolutely. And I think that brings up a really good point that like, what if you don't represent yourself accurately? Mm. What if you're not telling stories about your couscous or your Christmas trees or your morning routine? What if you are completely misrepresenting yourself? I personally feel that that is a huge violation of trust um, because we're all sort of in agreement when we're on these apps about what everyone is putting out there. I went on one date with this guy. We went out to a movie, had dinner, super nice guy. But on his profile, and then when we chatted, he's, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm Mr. Outdoorsman. I love the outdoors. I love guns and motorcycles and all this other stuff. And to me, that's appealing because, you know, I like to go shoot. I like camping and hiking and all the outdoorsy kind of stuff that is out there. Um, so we go on this date, and... Of course, he uh, doesn't really look a whole lot like his profile, but okay, fine, whatever. We get to talking, and so I'm like, so, you said you uh, you like motorcycles. What kind of a bike do you have? And he's, oh, well, I mean, 
I uh, I don't I don't own a motorcycle, uh, but I actually went on my first motorcycle ride uh, about two weeks ago. One of my coworkers took me out, and I thought she was going to kill us both on her motorcycle because she went like a whole forty miles per hour, and it was the most terrifying thing ever. Uh huh. Okay, so you said you uh, you like outdoorsy kind of stuff. What, I mean, what is it you like to do for fun? I'm just I'm not even going to lead you into what you think I might like. What kind of stuff do you like to do for fun? He's like, well, you know, I really like movies. And video games are pretty cool. I play all kinds of video games and computer games and stuff. Yeah, but, like, stuff that involves sunlight and the outdoors. What uh, what are we talking about there? And he's like, well, I, you know, I don't really much like camping. There's too many bugs. And uh, I've never been on a snowmobile. It's, it's too – I hate the winter. It's too cold. So, yeah, I mean, like, right then and there, I'm like, well, I think we're done here. This has been nice, but um, you and I are just – two different people and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing, you know, I have nothing against anybody that wants to play video games and computer games and play indoors. And that's great. Not everybody is an outdoors kind of person either. So it was just two different people, but you know, I mean, just be honest about what you like because you've just kind of wasted a whole bunch of time and effort. And this isn't going to go anywhere because of that. So just, you know, be honest. I've been catfished twice. In my in my life. Let's hear it. This sounds awful. <laughs> this is oh my god! I was so so green. Um, I think it was Bumble. I'm I'm fairly certain it was Bumble. Um, he had posted photos that seemed kind of old. They looked a little bit blurry to me, but I was a '90s kid. I'm used to blurry photos, right? I'm not used to this newfangled HD stuff. So uh, so it seemed fine to me. We had a very short conversation. I'm not one for extended conversations anyway. We were just going to meet for coffee. I thought, why not? These photos must have been 10 years old. He did show up many, many, many pounds larger than he had claimed he was <laughs> via his photos. It wasn't just that that bothered me. Um, it was that he had pretended to be kind of nice and funny. And then when we met in person, he was actually pretty mean. And I didn't understand why you would do that. So it was misrepresenting himself in a lot of different ways. And maybe it's because he doesn't know how to talk to women in person. Um, or that he realizes he has to be very cognizant of the fact that he's overtly lying to you about what he looks like. Um, and then obviously when you do that to someone, you see the look on their face and then if it upsets you, it's kind of your problem, but you can always project that onto that person and blame them for it. So I think that was sort of the mechanism of what was happening. It was the worst date I've ever had. It was 45 minutes. I could not wait to get out of there. The only reason I didn't leave immediately was because I was kind of terrified because he looked so mean. And I thought, what is this guy going to do to me if I just tell him to his face that he's a horrible liar and I don't want to sit in front of him anymore <laughs> and be in his presence. So that's kind of why I stayed until there was a lull in conversation and I was like, I have to leave. You know, I have to go do whatever I have to do. I don't know how you think you're going to get around it, but I can tell you right now, I mean, one of my biggest pet peeves in the entire world is being lied to. And if you're willing to lie to me straight out of the gate, 
when we're just now meeting each other, I mean, my mindset is what else are you going to be willing to lie to me about and how good of a liar are you really going to be about it? Like, I just don't have time or the patience for that kind of thing. So, I mean, it's, it's an automatic, not just like an automatic turnoff, but just I'm going to just shut my brain off during that date if I even decide to continue on with the date at that point. I mean, it's just unacceptable on so many levels. Catfishing is, as a woman, it can be very scary. Uh, and I think that's probably the worst part of it. You know, you're annoyed that someone shows up looking different. I think this is one of the parts of dating online that differs significantly between men and women. Because when a man shows up looking not like his photos, you want to confront him. Every part of you wants to run out of there and, and be upset very overtly. But you fear what will happen to you if you do that. Whereas I have seen many profiles where men say things like, if you don't look like your pictures, you're going to buy me drinks until you do. <laughs> so think about that approach where you're thinking if a girl shows up 20, 30, you know, 80 pounds heavier than she is or looking not like her photos, all you think is she has to buy me drinks. Yeah until my vision is blurred to the point where I can be attracted to her again. Well, and obviously she's so desperate for your attention that she's going to spend that money <laughs> right? so that you'll go home with her. Whereas with guys, there's, I mean, people don't stop to think about the mindset you go into when you go on a date, right? Like you're super aware of everything that's going on around you. You're scared, you're nervous. When you start that interaction off with a lie, you're really setting yourself up for a bad time. I don't know anybody that's been like, I showed up and this guy didn't look like he did in his pictures and we fell in love anyway. <laughs> it's not something that happens. No, it's really not. It's really not. I try to use the most updated photos that I can. I think my current photos are from New Year's and the first week of January. So I try to be as accurate as, as I can be. Even then, men have said things like, you're so different than what I imagined. And sure, that's subjective. Uh, they have, as we discussed, created a whole personality and life based on four photos of me in sequin dresses at bars. But maybe that's not the representation uh, that's appropriate, right? Maybe I show up and I'm more of an intellectual than they think. Maybe I should post photos that represent a stereotypical intellectual I'm not sure there's really there's really no right way to do it other than just being honest I think I don't want to see pictures of like all of your friends and then you know I can't even tell which one is you because of every picture that you posted is like pictures with six different people one of my biggest pet peeves is when people use group pictures and you have to like guess who this person is there's more subtle things that can get you in trouble too. It is recommended that you pose in group photos to show that you have friends. Yes. You should probably be the most attractive person in your group <laughs> photos when you're on a dating site. If you're not, and especially if your group photos either A, take up most of your profile, or B, are the first thing people see, they're probably already looking at one of your friends. And then they're disappointed when it's like, oh, it was her. The other one is taking a lot of 
shots that hide your body. So yeah, I mean, guys and girls, you know, we we go through patches where we don't look like we're like we want to. You know, you're a little on the heavier side. You're not as muscular. Or, didn't have that great tan and so you try to hide that with filters or headshots and then it's either either it sneaks in right at the end where it's like oh there's that one full body shot in which case you've as a as a swiper feel betrayed or they show up in person and they're like what is this (laughs) i did not bring enough money to feed this person (laughs) and that's mean but I mean, like that that's kind of the thought process that goes through. It's like I've been lied to. It's not as bad necessarily as showing up and being a completely different person, but you feel betrayed. And there's I mean, we're putting ourselves out there in dating. We're trying to be vulnerable to somebody else. And when your trust is betrayed that early, you're screwed. You've already set yourself off on the wrong foot. I have just recently moved out of my house from Indiana where I had been living with my now ex-husband and a coworker of mine. She had some extra space in her house and offered me a place to stay. So I didn't really know anybody in the area, didn't know the area at all. Um, I had been living in Grays Lake. Um, but I went on this, this date while well, I was going to go on this date with this guy. Um, they were having some kind of a downtown something or other in Grays Lake, you know, just kind of a like a block party, I guess, if you will. And uh, so it's like, well, you know, I, I want to get to know my area a little bit. If you want to come hang out, I mean, there's going to be all kinds of food and just stuff to do and walk around. I think they're going to have fireworks later, whatever. Yeah, sure. Got to know him, what I thought was him. Um, claimed to be like over six feet tall. And uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in the military and sent me all these pictures and stuff that, you know, it seemed to check out. But then I met him. I'm all of a whopping five foot four. Um, we're the same height. Uh, he was in the military, but uh, has not been in the military for a long time. And uh, it seemed like he uh, he didn't exactly go out with uh, an honorable discharge. I cannot confirm or deny, but just based upon how he talked about his prior experience, I'm going to say he was probably given the old swift boot in the ass on the way out. Um, and, I mean, he was just, he looked nothing like his profile picture. We're talking, or any of the pictures that he sent me, those were easily from, like, 10 years ago. There's no way that you're the person that you said you're. He's, oh, no, it's, it's totally me. I'm like, well, okay, I'm going to be totally gone because this is, no, just on so many levels, no. Why would you think that it would be okay to lie about so many different things and think that I'm going to want to go out with you? And he's, well, you need to get to know me first. You know, I have a great personality, and, you know, it, it, he, he accused me of uh, only wanting to be or only being interested in him because, you know, he's military and all that. It's, um, no, no, but I'm pretty sure you're not anything of the of the things that you told me so i think we're done here but uh but okay thanks (laughs) luckily we do live in the the age of the internet and so there are some ways some tools that we have to 
help us um, figure out if somebody is catfishing us. So if a picture looks too good to be true, and either it looks like it might be a minor celebrity or a model or just somebody that like really wouldn't normally match with you, two good tools to use, Google reverse image search, and there's a website called tinyeye.com. Save the pictures, put them into these sites, and they will basically find if this picture's already been posted online. Maybe you get lucky. Maybe these pictures only show up on dating sites and this fella or lady is legit and you've found a good match. Or it turns out that this picture was copied from some other site and you should unmatch immediately. This is another reason why I don't swipe on people without bios because usually bots and these fake profiles don't have bios. At least for men, they don't. Not only do I look at their Facebook, I check out their LinkedIn, I will Google them sometimes. You'd be surprised what comes up. Um, I will look at all kinds of things. And we'll get to the first date later on, but I ask a lot of questions on a first date. Very open-ended questions that get a lot of answers. <laughs> so there's, there's ways of really getting to know somebody within, you know, a match and a short conversation and a first date in a pretty effective and I would say efficient way where you're not wasting any time. So one thing I noticed when I was swiping just on everybody that's on Tinder, um, the different age ranges have different sort of ticks, I guess we can call them, where it's like things that they are specific to that age range. So give you an example. Girls in their 20s all stick their tongues out. What? They all stick their tongues out. You know, in the 90s, we only did that to show off our tongue piercings. Yeah, no one's got pierced tongues anymore, but everyone's sticking their tongues out. Girls in their <laughs> 30s tend to do more of the back shots, so it's a lot of, a lot of butt in the mirror. Ah, okay. And women that are, say, mid-30s on up... It's all boobs. It's all the phone up high. The MySpace. Yeah, the MySpace. The MySpace. Yeah. Have you noticed anything like that with guys? Do we have like uh, age-based trends? I would say it's more physique-based mm. for men. Because what I've noticed is if they've got it, oh boy, do they flaunt it. It's nice. Uh but it also kind of takes away from the depth of the profile if every photo is you flexing a different muscle. I get it. You look great. And you've probably worked very hard for that body. And God bless. I appreciate it. But who are you, actually? What do you like? What do you laugh at? Um, you know, do you make people laugh? That's For me, a sense of humor is super important. So if that doesn't come through on a profile, it doesn't matter how many muscles you have. I think you're boring. Women see a lot of physical strength in in dating apps, um, but usually that takes away from the things that we really care about deep down at the end of the day. Usually you'll find that people who don't know how to use the apps or are new to the apps will have a photo of their face occupying 90% of the screen. That's a huge no-no. Nobody wants to see your face that <laughs> close up. I mean, even when we kiss, we close our eyes. Let's, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's not very attractive. 
you know, I think, um, I think people try to show off their best features and I applaud that, right? If you are great at putting makeup on, you can have a couple of photos like that, but you should also have photos of what you look like every day, like at work. A lot of what relationships are made of is just that kind of everyday mundane activity, right? Whether it's going to the gym or, you know, coming home from work, cooking dinner. If you want something meaningful, you have to be okay with the less than stellar presentation. You can't always be in full makeup all the time with a push-up bra and Spanx. You're not Kim Kardashian. You're tired. You're a normal person. And it's so okay to be a normal person. And I wish that more people would be okay with that. That reminds me of my cousin who is, um, she has a PhD and she actually had to take that off of her dating profiles because she said that it was very intimidating for all the men that she went on dates with. So she wouldn't even talk about it because all of these men felt like emasculated knowing that they were like having dinner with someone that was smarter than them. So you brought up work and work's one thing that I wish these apps kind of focused on more because it's where we spend the good majority of our day. What we choose to do to make money, the things that we've studied, some people will put on their, you know, what their profession is or where they work. For the most part, people don't want to be found by coworkers or like stalked in some cases. How important do you think it is to discuss your profession or even like income level, things that are a little more personal with somebody that you're dating? You know, I think that there's a lot of ways in which gender doesn't matter in dating apps. Um, but this is one of those where it actually does. So I've heard about a lot of male physicians having a lot of success because they're physicians and our society loves the McDreamies and the McSteamies and uh, and the Dr. Mikes and all of that, you know. And so they do really well. I've also heard of women with advanced degrees, with MDs, with PhDs, who actually have a hard time finding someone who they can have a conversation with or someone who is not intimidated by their success or their income level um, or the fact that they're an expert in their field or that they own a company. I remember this interview that I read about on some some social media uh, outlet. It was, who is that woman who was on the hills? Lauren Conrad, right? What's her name? Yeah. I think it was her. Someone asked her, what is your favorite position? And she said, CEO. And I just fell in love with her <laughs> because I thought, you know, we are so sexualized as women and People don't expect us to be MDs and PhDs and CEOs and CTOs. They don't think that those letters apply to us, but absolutely they do. And they should. And actually, that would probably make for a quality person to be with, right? As someone who's successful and has the confidence and the drive and has probably had to work nearly twice as hard to get half as much, right? So it's not, it's not a bad thing to have in a partner, but I've heard of stories of a lot of women who have had to downplay their success or kind of dumb things down because they still want to be seen as feminine and attractive and dainty and, and kind of all of these very traditional values that we 
prescribe to women when I think confidence and strength is a wonderful quality in all people. I mean, what's more perfect than knowing that if something happens to you, your entire life can be maintained and taken care of? Because there is a very competent person on the other end of your partnership. I'm sure everyone has a story of some someone passing away and their partner being unable to sort of maintain whatever's going on and everything kind of just falls to pieces. And yeah, this is definitely a long-term uh, sort of projection, but a career is very important to yourself, to your future, to your future family, if you choose to have one, to the legacy that you leave behind, whether you're an academic or you're in finance or whatever you're doing. You shouldn't have to, whether you're a man or a woman, you should not have to downplay your success. I think you should actually be able to have a, you know, a humble brag or two about it. It takes a lot of work to be able to succeed in this world. So it made me really sad when I heard that women, uh, that women have to um, sometimes uh, make themselves seem more meek uh, or less successful and kind of downplay their success in order to make a man feel more comfortable with them. I have been lucky enough that I haven't been with men like that for the most part. My partners have always been very respectful of, of, you know, my career aspirations. And I think I will always appreciate them for, for that when I hear these, these horror stories. But certainly I think that, that the gender difference uh, plays a huge role in, in career representations. But I also think, you know, it is something, like you said, it is something that you do all day, every day. And it definitely shapes you more than you think it, it does, right? Because these are your interactions with with men, with women, with superiors, with subordinates. This is how you hone your leadership skills. These are the skills that you bring home to your family every day or to your social life or whatever the situation is. So I think it's important to talk about work. I think I'm a huge communicator, if you can't tell. Just talk <laughs> nonstop. But I think it's important to talk about everything in your life. So when I have a partner who has a job that... I can understand even in the slightest. Uh, I always ask about it. You know, how is work? How is this person that I've met? Or what's going on? Tell me about this new project. And even if they talk and I have no goddamn idea what they're saying, it's still a part of them that I'm learning about. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important. The majority of the negativity has been uh, due to my line of work. I believe on my dating profile, I just kind of mentioned that I do work in a law enforcement field without saying what agency I work for or exactly what the capacity of my job is. But um, with, with the current climate today, people are a little bit more negative about that, I guess, than what I realized they would be. Um, so there have been people that, uh, you know, let's, for example, let's, let's just stick with Tinder um, you know, we'll match on Tinder. And the first thing that they say to me, like, I don't even try to contact them first. Their first words, first point of contact to me, uh, my favorite so far has been the only good cop is a dead cop. You know, thinking about what I've seen, like what my experience on dating apps has been with women in their careers, it almost seems like the ones who are most vocal about what they do, it's in an apologetic way. So bartenders, full-time moms, lawyers. 
all of which put that on there because they aren't available time-wise. So what do they say? Like, I'm a lawyer and I'm really busy. I'm sorry. Yep. Or bartender, not available nights, full-time mom, getting out of the house is hard. Hmm. I don't know that guys do the same thing. It's interesting because they actually wear it with quite a bit of pride. Like, I'm so busy. You're going to have to try, like, time me down. It's hard to catch me. I'll be back (laughs) in town later. I travel for work, so nothing serious. Meaning, like, you're going to absolutely fall in love with me, and it's going to be super hard for you, but please don't. But also, kind of, please do. So, um, so it is a different kind of perspective. I think, I think in general in society, right, women are are trained to apologize. I read an article a few years ago um, that was written, I think, by Amy Poehler, where she talks about how women are taught to apologize for a lot of things that are either not in our control or that are our strengths. Um, and so as we grow older, we have to, and I think this applies to all people, um, you have to stop apologizing for the things that you're proud of. If you travel for work and it's a job that you love, but people don't like it, don't apologize for it. That's who you are and that's what you like. If you're a full-time mom, power to you. I don't know how you do it (laughs) for even five minutes, um, but yeah, I think I think we are trained in general in society to conform uh, to certain expectations, and I don't think we have to. Um, I think there's someone out there, or several people out there for everyone, despite our flaws and despite all the ways in which we don't conform. And I think that is great. It's certainly probably the thing that's led me to have so many loves in my life. I like to have my mind changed. I think like I most ideal partner is somebody who's able to change my mind, which is kind of hard to do, you know, especially a lot of the, I, I'm sort of, I have a lot of opinions, but they're not ill-founded. You know, I do my homework. So other people who do their homework and then can sort of show me a different way, I think that's incredibly valuable. There are some things that are irreconcilable, especially in the climate that we find ourselves in. Politics and religion. Fucking Trump supporters. <laughs> I've never seen so many people have to like use up that valuable profile space. People are just, they're not interested in even having the conversation. If you don't align with me politically, we are not going to work out. And I don't know that this is new. I don't know that this hasn't always been a thing with Republicans and Democrats and, you know, sort of the two-party system. But, like, right now we're in a time where if you are a Trump supporter, you cannot date someone that is not a Trump supporter and vice versa. That's correct. (laughs) I can't say anything to the contrary because you're absolutely right. I was telling people in 2015 that... This has become less about taxes and tariffs and more about values and morals. Regardless of what you believe, what you believe has isolated you. And this is an unfortunate side effect um, of the political climate, but it's what we're dealing with um, when we're swiping on the train. So it's affecting us very significantly and very, you know, very, it's very close to us. If I see someone in an app who I think is really cute, 
um, and says something really funny, and then I see that their views are conservative, and these days I know what that means. We're not talking about, you know, 1970s, 1980s Republican. We're talking about, you know, women's rights. We're talking about children being detained. Um, we're talking about the weakest and the meekest um, being abused and, um, you know, even further disenfranchised. So that's sort of where my my mind goes. And I'm disappointed, but that person just flies out of the realm of possibility. There's just no way that I could even sit down at a bar and have a drink with them. Absolutely not. Uh, because it would go against everything I believe in. And it starts to extend to that. It becomes this thing where I can't even meet this person because it would go against everything I believe in. And I'm not the only one that feels that way. Uh, I know lots of people on both sides of the spectrum um, who, who feel very strongly. But certainly I think that things are really polarized and it might be really good for dating in the long term because if things really are about morals and values and sort of the way you see the world, it should potentially make for a stronger relationship. You have something that bonds you together in a very fundamental way that could maintain or sustain something or add to something that maybe wasn't as meaty. It could make something more significant. Uh, you could find that it's a common passion. Maybe you both want to um, you know, work for Democratic campaigns or Republican campaigns or whatever it is. Um, it boils down to being an interest, but I think it certainly narrows your dating pool significantly. But I don't think that a lot of people would, would have an issue with that. But we also live in a blue city. And I know a lot of Democrats. We do. And not just we do, but like most big cities that have large populations tend to be more Democrat leaning. And so that's also where you have the biggest pool of people that are using dating apps. And so yes. it's just, yeah. it's a trend, fortunate or unfortunate right now. It's a trend that if you're on a dating app, you're going to see a lot of people that are very pro or anti one way or the other. Yeah, I wonder, you know, if you're in, in a town in the Midwest um, that's not Chicago or not Madison um, and you are surrounded by Republicans and you're a Democrat and you you filter out all the conservative folks and what do you got left, <laughs> right? So that experience is very different than, than what we have up here um, or in cities like, you know, New York or Los Angeles, but... Certainly, it is something that exists now and was not under consideration four years ago in any way. Not that I noticed anyway. And that's not to say, you know, there's, it's better to be one than the other. It's just that it, it paints such a distinct picture of you right now that if that's something that you want to advertise on your profile, again, that you've got limited amount of space to, to do so with know that you're sending a very clear message. There's a lot of things that we take in as we're growing up that help us create who we are and then in turn what we're looking for. I think it's great actually that people include their political beliefs on their dating profiles. It helps me because I swipe left on them usually if it's something I don't agree with. 
But it helps them too, because then I'm not showing up in their match list. Uh, So I think it works for everybody. I think because I'm a person who's generally looking for a longer term uh, relationship, I always advocate for the more information is better kind of method. Um, When someone doesn't list their political leanings, I feel like that's a little sus. You know, I wonder... Why, why aren't you? Why aren't you playing ball like everybody what, else? What are you hiding? What are you hiding? Yeah, I mean, are are you a Scientologist? What's happening? Who are you? You could just be apathetic. I mean, it's it's hard to be in today's climate, but like there are people that are just apathetic. <laughs> so there is an apolitical selection, uh, I think, in Bumble, and I've had many conversations with a lot of people about this, and I can't for the life of me understand how you can be apolitical in this political climate. Because either you are fighting against something, whether it's the right or the left, or you are enabling it. Mm. And if you're apolitical, you're just enabling it. So just stand up for what you believe in. Go out there, vote, voice your opinion. Don't be apolitical because that's actually furthering the agenda of the party that you likely don't agree with. So it actually makes me really upset when I see apolitical because I'm just like, you have no backbone. Get out of here. Can't even talk to you. (laughs) So I constantly swipe left on people who are apolitical. As you can guess, my match list is very small. (laughs) You're very picky. I'm very picky, but I like it that way. Yeah, because being able to filter out those, the the people you know that you're going to have that little in common with right off the bat hugely helpful because that avoids so much awkward conversation where it's like oh you believe what now (laughs) oh I liked all this other stuff about you but like here we're incompatible and it's finding those incompatibilities right away that's kind of important it's a time saver because there's a lot of people out there and as we're going to talk about in our next episode on swiping how you pick them and how you interact with them either makes or breaks your dating experience it sure does. And it's not hard to uh, really muck things up. <laughs> you can really muck them up. You can really muck them up, yeah. So stick around. We'll tell you how to not muck them up. <laughs> I think early on, I would say, you know, I went on a bunch of different dates, and I would say I didn't have any, like, terrible dates. You know, there were a lot of dates that didn't lead to second dates, but I think that, like, you know, the hour, two hours we spent was, um, I mean, nice conversation and stuff, just no spark. So I think early on I was I was pretty happy with how I kind of weeded people out, and I thought, like, you know, even though it didn't go anywhere, I didn't think my time was wasted. I think that as the experiences have gone on, I think that there's just a few more bad seeds out there maybe, or I haven't, like, been as diligent in my vetting process, I guess you could say. Um, so I think recently I... This happened over the summer, so I met someone on an app, uh, and you know, I'm if I'm on the apps, I'm completely single. Um, I mean, my intentions are pretty clear, uh, and you know, I think you just expect that of other people, like unless otherwise stated. So I started talking to someone, and uh, we had talked for like probably about two or three weeks before we met up. We'd gone on a few different dates. Uh, and then I think we'd gone, like, we'd gone out, and then, like, a physical relationship ensued. And I think the next weekend, I discovered that he was married. 
I mean, I, like, I think, like, the very first day I talked to him or the second day I talked to him, I asked for a last name. And, I mean, I know on, like, Hinge, they give you last names. Uh, things like Tinder and Bumble, they do not. So I asked what his last name was, and he gave me his last name. You know, usually with that, like, I don't, I don't do, like, a ton of, like, background research or anything like that. But, like, you might just put the name into Facebook or something and see what comes up. And I didn't, like, see anything, and I didn't think much of it, and that kind of just, like, moved on from that. I had seen him, I think, that Monday, and that's when we had gone on a date. And then we would still been, like, talking and texting, and it was, like, over, like, that 4th of July week, so it was, like, a holiday and things like that. Um, on that Saturday, like, on Instagram, you know how you have that function of, like, people you may know or, like, in your contacts? He popped up in my contacts, but it came up under a different name. And so I just clicked on it. His profile was private. I then took that name into Facebook, saw a lot more than I wanted to see, including, like, wedding photos, different things like that. Um, you know, I took that to him, and I said, are you married? And, of course, he was like, why would you think that? Like, of course I'm not married. Like, why would you even ask that? Um, meanwhile, he must have figured out what I'd seen because he then went and blocked me on Facebook. But I mean, I was sitting with a friend, so she could still see everything, which was fine. And I'd already seen what I needed to see. Um, and then the backstory was that he was he was divorced. Um, you know, but that that wasn't true either. And just you know, all of the things kind of like added up, like at the end, that you didn't put a lot together. Like you know, we had FaceTime, we had talked on the phone. Um, I realized that every time we did that, he was in the car. Yeah, so that was really that was a lot of fun. I, I mean, that's not something I was into at all. So, like, you know, I figured out, like, he was married. I said, you know, you're scum, you're pathetic, don't ever contact me again. 